I so enjoy that song. I enjoy all of our new worship, and I enjoy that at the end of our Good Friday service, we're going to have a time for more worship. Uh, I do want to let you know that we're going to have communion together, and uh, for those of you that are watching, all of our campuses combined, this is just being broadcast out to everyone, so uh, we're calling it Kitchen Communion, so we're asking you to grab something from the kitchen and use your own glasses and grab what you have. Um, some of you prepare for this. If you didn't, just grab what you can, and let's have this time of communion together. Um, I want to say thank you to all those that are essential services that are allowing us to have this moment. And for those that aren't able to join us right now with this service, we'll do it on demand later. So if you want to recommend it to a friend or for those of you that are serving, a huge thank you to those of you that weren't able to be with us in this moment, but are able to watch it at a later time. And uh, as we do communion at the end, we just want to share that we, we trust parents to decide when kids are old enough to receive communion. So if you believe that your children have a personal faith in Jesus Christ, if you believe that they understand what they're doing, it's your decision for them to be able to participate in communion. That'll be at the end of this, and then we'll all do it together. Now, it's interesting, we're all in isolation, if you will, with COVID-19, and it reminds me that in Exodus chapter 12, where they really celebrated the first Passover, um, in Exodus chapter 12, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. God was about to deliver them, and he had one final plague that he was sending. And he said in this final plague that this plague would bring death to those people that were not protected. And so he told the people to sacrifice a lamb and to eat that lamb in this meal together. And then what they would do is they would put the blood on the doorpost. They would put it around their door and the, the death plague would pass over, pass over their home, pass over. And so they would celebrate it as family. And I just, if you just said we want the whole world to slow down, to stop and be in the home as a family, we couldn't have pulled it off if we tried. But in this moment, I believe God wants to do something special as we're there as family units together, just in the home celebrating this. So we're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ died, and we call it Good Friday, and it's good news for us, but it was very painful. And you say, why did he have to die? Why are we gonna talk about Passover? Why, are we, why do we have communion, and why do we have these elements that remind us of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ? And I wanna say this, that I'm gonna talk about blood quite a bit because it's because of his blood that we have forgiveness of sins. Jesus had to shed his blood so that we could be forgiven, and so, I'll start there with this, that we've all sinned, and sin is terrible. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned in Romans 3.23. It says, for everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. All of us have sinned. The Bible tells us in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, okay? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death. And God's trying to let us understand that sin is terrible, and then he says that we've been separated. Because of our sin, we've been separated from God. I love what Isaiah 59.2 says. It says, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he's turned away and, you will, and he will not listen anymore. See, it's our sin. Our sin has separated us from God. And so something had to pay for that forgiveness. And the interesting thing is, sin is so bad, sin brings death. God put into place, he said, that something that has life has to give its life. Something has to shed blood so that sins can be taken care of. And in the Old Testament, 
They would do sacrifices before Jesus. Before Jesus came to the earth, they would do sacrifices and a living thing would have to give its life, an animal, not a person, but an animal would have to give its life and blood would have to be shed so that they could have the forgiveness. Now, you say, that's gruesome. And, and I do realize we are so far away from this. We are so far away from being in the farming and seeing animals and taking lives and, and understanding this, but everything we eat that's meat and processed, you understand that these things uh, had life at one point. And so this was very common in their day, but it, we're, we're moving on and realizing that um, God wasn't happy with animals being sacrificed. It wasn't like he was like, that's what thrills me. He was using that to show people how sinful they were and that something had to lose its life so that we could have covering for our sins. Uh, in Isaiah chapter one, verse 11, this is God speaking. He's saying, what makes you think I want all of your sacrifices? I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. He says, I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. God was just letting him understand like, Something has to lose its life to cover for the sin that is so bad. I'm trying to show you how bad this really is. But he was all this was just pointing to Jesus, that Jesus would die and pay the price for our sins, what we're celebrating right here. God wanted you to know how bad sin was so you could fully understand that you needed a savior. He was motivated by love, a verse that we all learn at an early age, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He was motivated by love to do this. And so what he did is he sent Jesus the perfect sacrifice. Of course, we had all these sacrifices in the Old Testament. Every year, do you realize every year they had to make sacrifices? Every year they would have these ceremonies and they would make sacrifices. You can imagine every year, and here's the thing, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice. I'll read a few scriptures. In Hebrews chapter nine, verses 27 through 28, it says, we die only once and then we are judged. All of us are gonna die and then we're gonna face judgment. But he says, so Christ died only once to take away the sins of many people, but when he comes again, it will not be to take away sins. He will come to save everyone who is waiting for him. But Jesus died only once. He died only once to pay the price for our sins. He had to shed his blood. Remember, a life had to be given so that we could be forgiven, so that sins could be forgiven. And this is what it says in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the price. A life had to be shed so that we could be forgiven. And, and this is what 1 Peter chapter 2, I'm reading a, a ton of scriptures, but you're there at home and I hope you have your Bible or a way to take notes on this. It says in 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself, speaking of Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and, be, and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. His blood paid the price once and for all. And so all these sacrifices that had to be made year after year after year, Jesus Christ became the perfect sacrifice. And I, I wanna use something from today Right now, as we're in isolation, as we're talking about COVID-19 and coronavirus and, and understanding all this, people are saying, is there gonna be a vaccine? Is there gonna be a vaccine? Is there gonna be herd immunity? How are we gonna get through this? What do we, who can save us? There are some people that are living in deep fear of this. Others are like, ah, who cares? But we're just wondering the whole world, when do we get back to normal? When do we get back? Like, 
What's gonna make the way for us? And so we're looking for a vaccine and, and vaccines are limited. Do you know that every year there's flu vaccines that are given to people, but they only last for the season. You know, some of them only last 90 days. And that reminds me like the Old Testament year after year after year, those Old Testament sacrifices were like a vaccine. They just, they, they reminded them every year and they had to do it every year and they had to, this year's sins and this year's sins, if you get this. And, and I know illustrations break down, but stay with me. I mean, Jesus says once and for all, it's not like I have, you have to worry about it year after year. When you ask for forgiveness, his sacrifice once and for all, and it's not a vaccination, it's a blood transfusion. That's what it is. His blood covers you. His blood makes you new. And God says you're forgiven because of that price. And it's not like he has to do it over and over and over again. One time. When it comes to his blood, you know that you're forgiven. People with a vaccine wonder like, did it work? In the Old Testament, people say like, I think that worked. They'd walk away from that moment and say, well, that's what God said to do, so it must work. But now that we've been forgiven and Jesus Christ paid the price by shedding his blood, we know that we've been made righteous. This is what Romans 5, 9 says. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. We are forgiven. We have, uh, the Bible talks about this, that we are justified. We are just as if I'd never sinned. Forgiven, taken care of, and it worked. You don't have to wonder, does it work? Will it work? It worked. The blood of Jesus does not vaccinate you. It's pure. He never sinned. It doesn't vaccinate you. The blood of Jesus Christ forgives you, and it takes care of every sin you've ever done once and for all. It forgives you. Another thing, it cleanses you. It cleanses you. A friend of mine, he tested positive for COVID-19. He got very, very sick. He's finally clear, and he put out on, on social media, like, I'm clear. I tested negative. It's no longer there. And now he has antibodies, and he's, he's clean, but he still has remnants. He has antibodies in there. Jesus' blood cleanses us from sins. In John 1, 1 John 1, 7, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Now I wanna use again the illustration that we're in today because we've seen these pictures of grandma and grandpa are on one side of the glass and the grandkids are on the other or maybe grandma and grandpa are staying in the car and the grandkids are in the yard. There's, there's a separation, why? Because this virus that's going out is very deadly to those that are older. And so there's a separation that's going on and, and because there's a virus there and there's an unclean virus, there has to be a separation. The virus could actually kill those that are vulnerable. And so we put in separation. We said, let's take care of them. Let's isolate. Let's separate. Okay, our sin has separated us from God. And God cannot be like, he can't die from this virus of sin, this terrible thing of sin. He can't die, but we die. And we have, we're separated from him. His holiness is so incredible that we can't come close to him because in his presence, there can be no sin. And so we're separated. And what's beautiful, God's saying, I know we're separated. I know that your sin is separate, but I've sent my son. And if you receive his forgiveness, if you receive the price that he paid, if you receive the power of the blood to forgive you, guess what? We can drop down that wall and we can be back there together. It's just a beautiful thing because sin is worse than the virus, but God has made a way for us that are separated 
to come back together. He's not in any danger, but we are. And so the blood of Jesus Christ brings us close to God. This is what Ephesians chapter two, verse 13 says. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Because we've received the forgiveness, because we've asked Jesus to forgive us, because his blood has covered our sins, we are able to be brought near to God. We're able to have fellowship with God. We're able to have relationship. Remember God saying, I'm not happy with those sacrifices. Those are just showing you how bad your sin is and how much you need a savior. What it was really all about was getting back together and being in right relationship with God. Now, if you're watching right now and you're watching with family and and you're there, you're like, it's Good Friday, we're, we're locked down together and I thought I'd join you. I wanna let you know that if you've never received the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, if you've never asked him to forgive you, you're still living with, with what's worse than COVID-19. You are living with a, uh, a thing called sin and all of us have sinned, like I said, and you've not received forgiveness. And someday when you die, you will not be able to go into God's presence in that way because your sin has separated, but you could be restored. And I know this is a service that I'm believing many, many believers are there watching this, but I can't help but believe that this is going out into homes where people are saying, wait a minute, how do I know that I know? How do I know? I kind of been living like the, did the vaccine work, you know? Uh, When you have the peace of God in your life and you know that you've asked him to forgive you, you know there's a confidence there. There's a peace that's there. You know that his word is true. And if you don't have that, what do you need to do? You don't need to line up. You don't need to get swabbed. We don't need to check you and take one of those swabs and see, do you have sin? We know you do. All of us do. But the Bible says this, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You call on the name of the Lord. You ask him to forgive you. You say, Jesus, I believe that God loved me so much that he sent you to this earth and that you died on the cross and that your blood covers my sins. I believe that you rose again from the dead and your promises are true. And we're, we're celebrating that he rose from the dead this weekend after our Good Friday service. But you believe that and you say, I, I believe that I receive the, the price that you paid. I receive this covering. Your blood has given me this opportunity to be forgiven. And I'm saying, this is, this is your moment to say yes. And I believe this, as I was preparing this, I just thought, there's another word, if you'll forgive me for all these COVID-19. I pray I never have to talk about this again other than maybe years from now as an illustration. But right now, this is so real. I think about those people that they talk about on the news right now. They say, people that are asymptomatic are very dangerous, asymptomatic. What does that mean? It means people that show no symptoms of the disease, but they're still a carrier. They can infect other people, they're asymptomatic. I believe there are people watching right now, I believe that there will be people watching this in the future, that you're asymptomatic. What do I mean by that? You think, well, I don't know that I really have a big problem with sin. I don't know why I need Jesus, I'm living a good life. I think all around us, where many of our church locations are, much of America, those that are doing well with with life, they feel like, but why why, why do I need Jesus? Why do I need a savior? Here's the issue. You're just asymptomatic. You you don't think you have a sin problem, but you do. When I was seven years old, I was really asymptomatic. I, I didn't really live this big sinful life, but I realized all of us have sinned and it hit me. 
It doesn't matter whether I'm showing signs or whether I have the biggies that people say, well, that, that's a big sin and that's a big sin and that's a big. You know what? We all have sinned. And I believe, I just wanna tell you, Dad, you may think you're asymptomatic and you got the world by the tail and you, you're like, I'm playing the stock market right, I'm doing this right, I got the, why do I need Jesus? That's for the weak. No, it's not, it's for all of us. Just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean you don't need a savior. Everybody, every one of us have sinned and every one of us need to go. Like, you may say, well, this is just life, you know. I, I, it's just a low-grade fever. I feel a little off and it's just life. I, I'm not gonna give my life. I'm telling you what, your sins have separated you from God and it's time for us to say, I want the blood of Jesus to forgive me. I want the blood of Jesus. Do not let this moment go by. Those of you that have thought I'm asymptomatic, I'm good where I'm at, Maybe this whole thing, this whole word that we never used before is there to get you to come to this moment to say yes to Jesus. But I believe there are some that are asymptomatic that now are kind of, I get it, I get it. That illustration has brought it home. I need a savior too. I believe there are others that are like, trust me, I've got all the symptoms. I, I need like, I need to get ICU. I need, I need help. Jesus offers the help for those that are asymptomatic and those that are in ICU. And he says, if you call, if you call on my name, you'll be forgiven and his blood will forgive you of your sins. If you call, that's the thing. And now before we receive communion in just a moment, I wanna give that opportunity to those that say, I want it. I get it, I get what we're celebrating, the fact that he died on the cross, that he endured that pain, that my sin, the sins of the whole world were placed on him. I understand that and now I wanna say yes to Jesus. And if that's you right there in your home, whether you want to in your family in front of them, raise your hand or even just nod your head along with this or say this prayer, there's an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus. And I wanna lead you in a prayer that you would be able to pray and I'll just pray it and then you pray it after me. And uh, whether you, I, I'd love for you to say it out loud, even just softly for you to say this prayer and just say, Jesus, forgive me. But you're calling on his name. You recognize you need forgiveness for your sins. And you would call on him and you'd say this, pray with this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. It doesn't matter if it's little or big, you forgive it, Lord. I receive that forgiveness that you give to me. I believe you died on the cross and rose again from the dead so that I could be forgiven. Forgive me, forgive me. Help me to be close to God. Now, I, I would just believe this right now for those of you that have prayed that, you're saying you wanna have him forgive you. He's forgiven you, you've been covered. And we just rejoice that you could participate with us in communion. And I wanna let you know that as I asked my wife to come out here and, and join me for communion, I wanna let you know that if you made that decision, many of you watching are, are already believers, but for those of you that might've made that decision right there and you're ready to realize what we're celebrating, we're celebrating that Jesus Christ shed his blood, that he died on the cross for us, um, man, we wanna celebrate that with you. And if you made that decision, we'd love for you to text now what to 94,000. Now what to 94,000. And I, I think it'd be important for you to tell someone in your home, like I did it, like look at them, like you could just nod to them. I did it, give them a thumbs up, tell them. 
And if they're if you're by yourself, I'm just thinking about somebody alone. Uh, what do we always tell anybody? Like they got to do before the day ends, they should go and do what? Call somebody. Call tell somebody. somebody. Maybe that you know has been praying for you. Call them and just tell them, hey, I made that decision today. That's so exciting. If you did that, I am just. We are so thrilled for you. That's the best decision you could ever make in your life. So. So go ahead, do that. Text now what to ninety four thousand. And uh, man, God. Uh, is it's it's supernatural what has just been done in your life the blood of jesus christ has forgiven you now we're going to receive these elements here and uh we called it kitchen communion and i want to let you know that um these glasses are from my dad's mom so my grandma and grandpa on my dad's side and they remind me every time i drink of them i i see my just my grandma and grandpa in my mind and and my dad and i miss them like crazy but it just, it's a great memory thing. And we got this out of our kitchen yep. and uh, wanted to do this. And of course, we got some uh, grape juice here and bread. And we're going to be receiving communion. And again, to remind you, um, whatever you have there, we want you to participate with us and be able to do church uh, communion right now in our homes again, uh, just like they did in Exodus or the Passover. And I, I love this moment that we get. And uh, as we hold these elements, I want to remind you again that they symbolize the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's what they symbolize. Um, and they remind us. He said, do this in remembrance of me. I'm paying the price for you. My body will be on the cross and will pay the price. You're gonna do this in remembrance. And we have some Bible verses that remind us of this. And I'm gonna ask that you would hold the elements in your hand and we'll all eat the bread together. And then we'll all drink the cup together. We'll do the bread first. But I'm gonna ask that Becca would go ahead and, and read this. Yeah, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Starting in verse 23, it says, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So go ahead and why don't you do that for us. We're asking people if you have uh, bread or a cracker or something like that, take it, get it ready, and... Uh, it's, it's remembrance of what he did for us. I'm grateful, I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful. And I know you gave your life to Jesus at an early age too. And uh, he's kept us and it's, we're thankful for the price that he paid on the cross, that he, he hung there. It, it wasn't an illusion, it was real. He hung there and he paid the price for our sins. So we hold this, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this moment with the bread in our hand. We are reminded, Lord, that you died on that cross and you paid the price. You became a living sacrifice and then you died for us. And so God, we thank you for that. We celebrate the forgiveness that we have because of that and your obedience. And we eat this bread together. Let's go ahead and eat the bread together. We also have the cup here. I want you to get that ready as Becca reads this scripture. All right, going on in verse 25, it says, in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So we're holding this cup and remembering that Jesus Christ paid the price. Remember in the Old Testament, the sacrifices pointed up to the cross. On the cross, he paid the price. Now we look back at the cross and say, thank you for what you did for us. 
We believe your promises are true and we're looking forward to our promised eternity with you forever. So go ahead, why don't you pray for the cup? Lord, I just thank you so much for the blood that you shed on that cross, Lord, and that we can do this in remembrance of you, God, that this grape juice just represents your blood, God. So today we just thank you so much for the forgiveness that is found in your blood. Help us to remember this every time we drink it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Such a reminder, so powerful. And I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us peace. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us. I just thank you, Jesus. And now in our homes, I'd like us to continue to worship, to praise his name. We are unworthy. It is by grace. We didn't work for this. We didn't deserve this. His love did this for us. And we say thank you, Jesus.